0: Today on the show, we're talking about used cars. Welcome back to Simple Money Solutions, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. So Trevor, today we're talking about used cars, and we're talking about this today because it's important. What, and wouldn't you agree?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, there's there, the two most significant purchases anybody will ever make is a house and a car, you know, in terms of dollar value. and. The problem with cars is they depreciate at such a rate that if you make a mistake buying more car than you need or more car than you can afford, you can't undo that mistake if if you buy new. That, that becomes very difficult. I mean, you can sell it, maybe break even, but if, if you have an extended eight-year car loan, you're hard-pressed to, to undo that mistake due to the depreciation effect of new, on new cars.
0: Oh, for sure. And as big as this purchase is, I think the idea of, of cars the purchase of cars is just tossed around way too lightly at least that's what that's my perception of it and i really think that we have to take it a little bit more seriously and like you just said there's so much money on the line
1: well when i talk any time i talk to somebody who bought a new car the, the number they'll throw it at me is their monthly payment not, not how much the car cost in total they'll say yeah and it only costs you know 550 bucks a month but
0: over but how many months
1: the, yeah or, or, but at the end of the day you still have to pay for that whole car you know, the payments are, is, is just a, you know, a reference point that nobody wants to say I paid $65,000 for this truck. You know, they, they just talk about the the monthly payment.
0: Before we delve into the actual topic of used cars, I, I do want to ask you just do any, anyone when you talk to your colleagues, um, do they ever say or sound embarrassed about the full number is, is that something that is ever a little bit touchy?
1: it's it's something nobody wants to share. It's almost like you're asking them what their salary is, you know. They they you know, I I when I ask how much was it and they say, "Oh, I got a great deal uh uh on a 8-year term, you know, 500 bucks a month." Yeah. I can do the math to figure out how much it costs, but it, it, it's almost they're they're almost embarrassed to, to say.
0: Definitely. And I I think and I'm trying to get to the point, is there a stigma around buying an expensive new car and and is it this one of the things that everyone knows they need to eat vegetables but do they eat enough enough vegetables no so is is buying a used car equivalent to eating vegetables
1: I don't know if it's that I mean there's only two kinds of people out there the people that buy into the used car concept and the people that uh, you know have to have new I mean there there's this this philosophy that you're when you buy a used car, you're buying somebody else's problems. But when we finish this article, I'm hoping to convince our listeners that that's that's not always the key.
0: and I'm sure we'll get into this when we uh, start exploring the two articles we've selected for today. But looking back, is there less of a stigma today around the idea of used cars than there ever was before, or how is that that idea changing?
1: I think there's more of a stigma. and the reason I in my this is just my opinion, but you know, twenty years ago, you you really had you had cars trucks and vans and vans weren't even that popular so the 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 form factor of the vehicle was either a car or a truck but today you've got you've got uh cars SUVs uh uh compact SUVs minivans full size vans and so if you're driving a right now i i think if you're driving a full size SUV you're kind of out of style and if you're driving a minivan that's kind of out of style too. The, the, the trend is either a four-door pickup truck, full size, or a, a, you know, a compact SUV. So you can quickly tell at a glance if somebody's driving a dated vehicle, if it's a minivan, for instance, they, they, I'm not, they do, there's still a few being made, but they're not that popular. So in full-size SUVs, again, they still make them, but they're not, not that popular. So the, the overall form factor of the car is a dead giveaway that you're not driving a, a late model.
0: And I don't think we're bashing truck people who drive trucks and individuals who drive nice cars. I just think we are shining light on the idea that can you afford that four-door pickup truck? And if, if you can, did you afford it at maybe a... Re- is it used? Did you afford it at a reasonable price? So I think that is really what we're focusing on today. Not bashing anyone who drives a specific vehicle, but more critically analyzing, is this something you can realistically afford?
1: Well, and I think it's important to say, is the vehicle you're driving, is that aligned with your long-term financial goals? I like that. I like that. And so, and if it is, then I say, you know, drive the vehicle of your dreams. I mean, I'm not crazy. I like a a nice car too, but it doesn't align with my long-term goals. I can't drive a high-end vehicle and retire at 55. Those two things just aren't going to go together. So I'm not being judgmental. If driving a... A really nice car is important to you, and I can appreciate a nice car. I just have placed it lower on my priority list. And if it's higher on your priority list, then don't be miserable driving a, a crappy old car. D- drive the car of your dreams.
0: That's an excellent point. I'm glad you pointed that out because it's it's important to it's important to think about it because being making search, certain financial decisions is not. It's not going to be right for everyone. It really just depends on your individual's goals. Like you, Trevor, if you want to retire early. So buying that really expensive pickup truck is not within your, your realm. Whereas if someone is not really concerned about when they retire, maybe they have a job they absolutely love and they want to do it forever, then yeah, they have a little bit more of a, of a flexibility in where they put their dollars.
1: Well, and also, if it's important to you, I have a neighbor who starts wa- washing his truck in, I'm going to say the beginning of April and he washes it every day until the end of September and he waxes that thing in me. that he spends a great deal of time on that vehicle and i i i i'm envy of of, of, the, of the envious of the guy because he you know he has found something he really really loves to have and takes care of it to to the nth degree uh, i i would hate to think that that he wouldn't have the opportunity to own a brand new truck cuz it, it's i can see it's really important to him
0: definitely i just think it's easy to lose sight of why this important vehicle is as important as it is to you because there is there is a certain mindset where you 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 put on display your wealth or your perceived wealth to show other people and impress other people because not everyone can see your home on a daily basis but everyone can see the vehicle that you're driving around on the streets.
1: Well, and the, and that's the wrong reason to buy a high end vehicle if it's if it's a tool to impress people. It just it's wrong. Exactly. And, and everybody knows you can, you know, lease, get a lease or you can get a, a loan over eight years. So it's less and less a display of your your perceived wealth because you can finance it over such a long period of time. It's becoming, po- you know, owning a, a high-end $60,000 vehicle is becoming a possibility for people with lower and lower incomes because you can finance it over such a long period of time.
0: Definitely. And I, I'm just saying that just to highlight the point that it's important to get your personal priorities in line and realize that maybe the only reason you are pursuing a new expensive vehicle is is, is maybe for the wrong reason. So I think it's important to really look at, at why you're doing the things you're doing.
1: Well, there's an expression, I always throw these out, is people spend money they don't have to buy things they don't need to impress people they don't know. And I think cars... Sometimes cars can fall into that that uh, fall into that expression is, is the reason people own them.
0: Oh, for sure. And I think clothes, for instance, is maybe a more okay uh, mentality thing to take mentality on. but when you're looking at vehicles, something that expensive.
1: Well, you just can't afford to make too many stakes with vehicles because of the cost. You start stacking up bad car decision after bad car decision. You know if you if you've done that over a period of 20 years, you you could be in a real hole from from making bad car purchase decisions. Oh, for sure. Well, we did a show on the auto med auto debt treadmill, and the the, the whole thing of that is you you keep trading cars in and, and rolling the uh, the balance of the previous loan into the new loan, and before you know it, you're you're almost underwater on your the value of your car and how much your loan is.
0: It's a, so I'm glad you brought that up because I was just going to bring it up that we do have an episode for anyone who hasn't listened to it to check that one out. And it's not quite like Trevor said, it's not quite on used cars. It's more just on the philosophy of what happens when you get really embedded within the new car market. So this we're taking a different angle. And Trevor, I'm really surprised we haven't actually done an episode on used cars before today, because this this is something that you and I both stand so firmly on as being a good
1: idea. Yeah, we we've talked about doing this one for a while, and I I don't know why we kept putting it off. I I guess I, I was trying to put together a, a dream episode with uh, a lot of facts and figures and analysis, but then I kind of decided you know that doesn't really work for audio, so um, we're we're gonna throw it out there now.
0: So to all our listeners out there, if you are not currently sold on the idea of used cars, hopefully this episode will really open your eyes up to the benefits of of owning a used car. And, and let us know when you're done listening to this episode, send us an email, leave us a comment, let us know what your experiences are like with used cars or even just your outlook on uh, vehicles in general. We'd love to hear from you and your perspective on um, this episode. So Trevor, let's jump in. We have, we have two different articles. So one is reasons why you should buy a used car and the second one are, is tips for buying a used car. So we're going to delve right into the first article. So, the first article is called Six Smart Reasons Why You Should Buy a Used Car by Christian Wardlaw. And it is from the New York Daily News.com. But it's also the, the reasons to buy a new car, a used car, sorry, are relevant regardless of the country you're in. So, I think it, it's just applicable to us Canadians as well. So, Trevor, I'm going to go over the six reasons that Christian has laid out in this article, and we'll just uh, break them apart as we go. So, number one, we have save money. Number two, reliability. Number three, CPO or certified pre-owned programs. Number four, vehicle history reports. Number five, favorable financing rates and terms. Number six, drive a better car. And that's all. Before we before we actually get into these reasons, I just want to say that as a young individual myself, I am so passionate about the idea of used cars just because this is a time when you really, I feel that you set, the, you set the path for yourself for the future. The first time that you, you can either step into the auto debt treadmill of, of consuming car after car after car and really rolling that in a treadmill like the saying is, or you can really make a smart decision and, and, and lay the, fo- the foundation for the f- all your future vehicles. And it kind of creates this mindset that you truly start believing and living in.
1: Well, and I agree with that. And owning a a used car first is really the only option because I've done the opposite. I've owned a new car first. And let me tell you, going to a used car is a real hard transition.
0: I can't even imagine. It must have, did it feel like a step down or?
1: You know, normally you should be excited when you buy a car of any kind. And I was anything but.
0: Definitely. Oh, I I definitely agree with that. And and that is why I hope, I really hope that some of our younger listeners can derive value from this episode and really embrace the idea of used cars right from the get-go, which is, which is what I'm such a proponent of. So let's jump into number one, save money. I feel like this one's super obvious.
1: Well, it is. And if, if you look at, if you compare a new car to a used car and you sort of you put on a graph between the cost and in the, the lifespan. There's a, a sweet spot. It's called to buy a used car. And if you look at how quickly a new car depreciates, and, uh, but the, uh, so that's the downside. The upside is there's zero maintenance cost due to warranties. And when you buy a used car, you 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 don't pay all the depreciation costs, but you have got repair costs. And so I have this sweet spot between, th- I'll say three to five years. And if you, to buy a used car in that window, you've really... You know, the, the bulk of the depreciation from new has already been, I'll say, paid for by somebody else. And the, the real hardcore repair bills haven't really begun yet. So, three to five years is a window of, of optimum car owning age. And the so, the amount to be saved by buying used, you're saving the depreciation cost. And everyone knows the story you know, you drive a car off the lot and it depreciates, you know, thousands of dollars. Uh, There's a statistic in this article that says, so there's a statistic in this article uh, from uh, Consumer Reports, and it says that uh, a new car will be worth 54% of what you paid for it after three years. So that means there's three-year-old cars at a 46% discount. I mean, that is a significant savings. So to save money, I I think you need to put perspective around it. That's almost half price after three years.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. I, I cannot believe that.
1: You know, those the first three years are, are the most expensive without question. So that for me personally, every used car I've bought has been three years old. And that's not by accident. I mean, I've I've looked at the mileage, the condition of the car, and that three years always seems to be the, the sweet spot for me.
0: So just to think a lot about that, if we were to say to our listeners right now, hi, would you like to buy a car that's 46% off its original price? I, now, I can't it, imagine a single a single one of our listeners being like no I don't I, I no, I'm, I'm good thanks like that is that is I, I think one of the most captivating statistic in this article
1: now I get the new car thing I've owned a new car super exciting it's uh you know the, there's nothing everyone should own a new car I, I'm not denying our listeners that but don't make you make your first car for sure used
0: it's funny that you said that Trevor just because you are such a fan of used cars if if you are saying that everyone should own at least one new car where does that new car fit into the into the the process of buying cars
1: Well it needs to fit into your priorities of so for some people it might not be an option but I mean if if you know if you have a retirement plan in place you have uh kids to put through school you have a mortgage to pay I mean, it has to fit in there somewhere. If you're going to have a new one, if if that's a goal of yours, then you just have to prioritize it. And make sure it fits into the, your plan.
0: But at the same time, if we have listeners out there who are not not willing or wanting to buy a new car, there's nothing wrong with that either. I mean,
1: well, just to know, say, I, that I say, I say this, but I look back at the the new car I bought, and I, I regret the the money I spent on it. I I, I don't know where I I was being. Motivated by the circle of friends I had at the time, and they all had new cars, and it was easy to fall in that trap. But I, I personally regret buying a new car. But I mean, if some of our listeners feel that's important to them, I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's something you shouldn't do, but make sure, you, make sure it's not your first car because going back is really hard.
0: Okay, I, I see what you're saying now, and I, th- I think that's resonating more. Is that if, if having a new car, just that feeling of having a new car, is, is something that you think you just want to check off your bucket list at some point in your life, then yes. It's definitely worth it, uh, Trevor. I do. Before we go on to number two, I just want to say as well the with your new with your friends, I I and they them all owning new cars. I, I feel like it's hard to, when you get into that pressure. So with your friends and your family and colleagues to have that new car, I feel like that pressure is so real, and we can't undermine that.
1: Well, when and especially for our younger listeners, is uh, I'm not going to if all your friends have new cars and you show up with a used one, that's 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 tough. But one of the the sixth reason in this list of six is going to be uh, one worth considering for our younger listeners.
0: So let's jump on to number two now, reliability. And I think this is, I don't, I'm not a car owner myself. I am. And that's why this episode I'm so passionate about is because I've not yet made that car purchase, but I'm still stand so strongly about sharing this message to our listeners and about how important it is to, to really consider that car purchase. And number two is reliability. And I feel like that's maybe I'm not going to use quote unquote excuse why individuals shy away from used cars is because used does not go hand in hand. And, and maybe our listeners minds with the idea of reliability.
1: Well, if I think of my back to my parents who were of the baby boomer generation, I, I can remember my car my dad bought was a 1970 Chevelle, General Motors Chevelle. And that car, I mean, back then you, you would wear out tires, I don't know, every two years. Uh, cars would need mufflers constantly. You'd always be putting a battery in a car. You needed to get them tuned up in the fall and in the spring. Cars just, tech, car technology has just come so far. They've become so reliable that if, if you're taking advice from somebody who was buying cars in the 1970s, even the early 1980s, uh, if, if they have a, a negative uh, mindset against used cars, they should because those cars were, were crap compared to cars today. So buying a used car today, they're, they're just there's so much they're so reliable they're so 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 I I think if there's a stigma about you know buying somebody's problems when you buy a used car it's it's old school thinking
0: I love that point because the last thing anyone wants is their car to break down mid-trip and and reliability when it comes to vehicles and transportation is so it's invaluable it's something that we will not pass up so I think, if anything, if if I mean, there's, I hopefully our listeners pull away so many points from this episode, but one is the fact that we hopefully are popping all of the the stigmas that are surrounding used cars and and really shedding a more positive light in, in, on the perceptions that people may have about used cars. So I want to move on to the third point, certified pre-owned programs, and I think this is very important. We were talking about this point before the episode, and you were saying how important it is and and how you really should take note of these programs because these cars are maybe different than other used cars.
1: Well, my used car buying formula, one of the criteria I have is only buy a car from a new car dealer, a used car from a new car dealer. So if I'm buying a Honda, I would only buy it from a new Honda dealership or in their used car section. If I were buying a a Ford, I would only buy it from a a Ford uh new dealership used car section. So, and the reason I do that is they have with the advent of leases. Leases were invented, I'm going to say in the 1980s. And with leases, it comes all sorts of uh maintenance requirements and mileage restrictions on the lease holder. And so these cars come back in very predictable, pristine condition for the dealer to sell. And they can, this certified used or certified pre-owned is they can stake a claim that these cars have, you know, been maintained impeccably because the leaseholder had to do that. They have, you know, relatively low kilometers on them because again, that's the part of the lease agreement and they're, most leases are two, three, maybe four years. So they're not that old. So they have this huge inventory of great pre-owned vehicles to sell. And anything that isn't pristine, the de- these new car dealers, they send it off to auction. The last thing they want to do is tarnish their image with a, with a lemon or some car that's been really abused. They're not going to you know, sell a, 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 a ho- horribly conditioned Honda at a Honda dealership. It, it just makes their brand look bad. So this certified pre-owned is is really exists because of the leased car market. And the other thing is there's usually any used car I've bought from these dealers, they have maintenance records available. And you can see that. I mean, just because a lease agreement said you had to do it doesn't mean it got done. But I mean, they've always been able to provide me with the detailed maintenance records. So there's a huge advantage of buying from a, a new car dealership. And, it, and you will pay a premium. Don't don't think you're going to get a deal. But when you buy a car, used car, you shouldn't be looking for a deal. I know when me and my wife have shopped for used cars, and we'll take one for a drive, and the price will seem unrealistically low. And if I can't find out figure out why that price is so low. If I can't find it, I'll just walk away from it because I'm missing something.
0: I, lo- I really like that last point you said because— when you think of used cars, you think of how low can I go? And you search for that car that with that really low price tag and and, and and I think that's what gets used cars a, a really bad rap is because they are these little old beaters running down the road barely running and like you don't- but, and meanwhile meanwhile they're actually incredible cars because of, of programs like this. If these programs were around the certified pre owned programs and leased cars, do you think you would have been more apt to buy a used car back when, uh, when you were my
1: age? Well, I think they were around. I just wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't looking for them. So it, it, maybe they weren't as popular because leasing was kind of a new idea in the early eighties. So there, I, I bought in the late eighties was my first new car. So there wasn't really a, a huge inventory of, of these leased vehicles because they're kind of a, a new phenomenon back then.
0: I was going to say the Certified Pre-Owned Program really offers that middle ground. It offers that middle ground bef- between the brand new and the really old, barely running, why is this still on the road car? So it, it offers that perfect middle ground.
1: It's been working for me for, well, I guess since, since 1995, I've been doing this and it's been working uh, quite well for me.
0: Do you think there's still a little bit of mystery around how the Certified Pre-Owned Program works and maybe why... Why? I mean, there's a lot of reasons why new cars are still running on the road. But do, do you think there's a little bit, m- maybe, not as much knowledge around the program? I guess.
1: Well, start with these new car dealerships. The first thing they want to do, they want to sell you a new car. That's the first and foremost. And if they can't you to, if they can't convince you to buy a new car, they're going to move you to the certified pre-owned. So they're not really promoting the pre-owned stuff, uh, certified pre-owned, too much because ideally they want to sell you a new car. But at the end of the day, they do have to move these pre-owned, certified pre-owned cars. So, I mean, every time I've gone in to buy one, the, the first thing you want to do is saying, you know, you're sure you're not interested in a new car. So they, they do try to push that.
0: And, and would you say, while we're on the topic of this certified pre-owned program, would you say that um, my generation and maybe the values that we hold of environment environmentability and sustainability is really pushing the prevalence of these, of these certified pre-owned programs?
1: It's, it's certainly not the thing that motivates me. It's, it's, it, it, for me, it comes down to cost. But it, it, it's definitely a consideration.
0: I, no, I would agree. So let's move on to number four, vehicle history reports. And you did touch on this before about the importance of, of checking these reports and seeing what the vehicle has been
1: through. Well, in, in the province I live in, Ontario, if you sell a used car, you have to get a, uh, a vehicle history report from the Department of Transport. That will identify any accidents a vehicle has been in. But those are only accidents have been re- reported to police, and, and an insurance claim has been made against you know to repair the the vehicle. So, so a lot of times you'll hear people get into smaller accidents, and they you know rather than go through insurance and risk their premiums going up, they'll get the car fixed and, and pay you know pay for it themselves, and that 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 becomes an unreported um, accident. And it may be something you won't be able to discover, and sometimes a small a small impact to the front end of a car can throw the alignment out and, and maybe it's never the same again. So it, it can be serious, even the smallest accident. But this article says that, uh, you can actually go to your insurance company with the VIN number, the vehicle, identi- the vehicle identification number and ask them to do a search. And, and I guess they, they can, uh, do a more extensive search and maybe find more information. So that, that's something new I've learned from this article that I, that I'm going to take away.
0: That's great because, like you said, there, there are all these tiny nuanced considerations that you must, must take into consideration when you're purchasing that used car. And in the, in the back of our minds, we all are probably wondering, what actually has this car been through?
1: Well, you know, I don't want to come off as a car expert because I, 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 I'm not a mechanic and I'm not a car salesman. And I, the only thing I, I'm going is my personal experience of buying cars and I've used cars and I've been doing this since 1995 and have had a great deal of success. So I I can only speak from personal experience, but I also know people who, other people who have bought used cars and maybe employed another strategy where they're they're trying to find the best deal or the cheapest used car they can. And they've had a bad experience and then had, you know, thousands of dollars in repairs and, you know, swore off buying a used car ever again. So I've, I've just from, you know, experience, I, I've seen what's worked for people and what hasn't. So Um, uh, that's the, I just wanted to clarify the the perspective that I'm speaking from.
0: And on, and on branching off from that, I just want to say that in, by no means defines your worth or value by purchasing, purchasing a used car. I mean, I I feel like at the end of the day, if, if, if the same misperception about taking public transit, it's like, oh. What happened to your car? Why? Why aren't you taking a car? Why don't Why don't you have a car? That same kind of kind of stigma that at least was attached to my hometown when I was growing up. Meanwhile, I'm now in a big city where everyone takes the public transit. Everyone who works in the downtown core, all the very um, prominent business people, are on the bus in the in the in the morning. Everyone is on the bus, and it becomes this normalization. So I think if we could really normalize used cars. It would it would completely rid the stigma around, around the the misperceptions that it currently do exist. So Trevor, let's move on to number five: favorable financing rates and terms. The there's a quote that just right right under this uh, this section. It says, "Quote: While it is true that you will typically pay a higher interest rate on a loan for a used vehicle than you will on a loan for a new vehicle, historically, low rates mean that automakers can offer attractive financing." financing options for the certified pre-owned vehicles end quote so can you just talk about that a little bit
1: yeah i don't know that i completely understand any used car i've ever bought where i needed a loan the interest rate's always been higher
0: yeah and and that's what i was thinking when i read that so it it kind of caught me off guard and i was i was hoping we could just kind of unpack that
1: yeah i I'd, i'd have to say that i that's not that has not been my experience so i would sort of disagree with number five
0: and again, this article is, the next one is a Canadian-based article, but this, again, article is from the New York Daily Times. So it is an American-based um, article, but it's still it's still an interesting uh, and relevant piece of information.
1: You know, one thing I've heard people do is they, they will, uh, and this is crazy, they will use a home equity line of credit. And we've talked about what those are. They're, that's where you borrow money against your home to buy a car. And if you have a, uh, your mortgage amortized over twenty five years. In essence, you have a twenty five year car loan. So, I I just thought this that would be a, a you know, maybe a great spot to bring that up. But that's I would that's highly insane. recommend against that.
0: Because realistically, Trevor, how long should a a, a car a car loan be for?
1: Well, in a perfect world, everyone would buy a used car and they would pay cash for it. Uh, so, if that's not an option. The maximum amount of time you should borrow money for a used car is three years. So if you can't afford the payments spread over three years, you're probably shopping for the wrong car.
0: I, I do want to bring up the fact that I, I completely agree that you, things should be purchased with cash. But as, as someone young and in any of our other young listeners who, who maybe do not have the built up equity to purchase a car with cash, I think it's very realistic to, to think that their first car will be purchased with a loan.
1: I agree with that, but three years, years—that—that that is the absolute limit. And part of that is you don't want to be paying for a really old car. So if you buy a three-year-old car and you finance it over five or six years, well, by the time you're done paying for it, guess what? You're going to need another car. But let's
0: also note that if, if any of our listeners have been around for a while, you'll know that Trevor owns two uh, very old used cars. Trevor, how old are they?
1: Well, sorry, I bought them when they were three years old, each one. Uh, one is 11 years old. And one is 13 years old. So I'm definitely, I've been, the reason we're doing this show is, is I'm in, I'm shopping for, to replace my 13 year old car with a three year old car. So I, I, I got 10 years out of that car. So, I mean, it's done me well. So obviously whatever strategy I used to buy that car was, was pretty flawless.
0: And let's just, uh, let's take a moment to note how ancient that is in car years. But I, I do, I only bring that up just to say that if you, if you, and I know we've talked to this before, but. Uh, Trevor is an extremely careful uh, car driver. I mean, we were talking before this episode how he has made his cars last that long, just from everything from braking slow in corners and being careful with his tires to avoiding the potholes. So, well,
1: there's nothing nothing that'll wear a coat faster than aggressive driving habits. Definitely. I mean, so I, I just bring
0: that up just to say that you can make your used car last over over an extremely long period of time. Because I, I do you know anyone else who has had their car for as long as you have?
1: Well, no, and p- part of it is if you only own one car, I, I don't recommend keeping it, having it having it be a 13-year-old car because its reliability becomes very questionable. But I have two cars, so the chances of both those cars failing me at the same time on the same day is highly unlikely. So, and I also live in a small town with an extremely sm- you know, short commute to work, so does my wife. So we don't have in a pinch we could drive each other to work. So we have a lot of options available to us that maybe every, our listeners don't. But you, you, there's no way you could have a 13-year-old car in it. Well, I'm not saying no way, but I, I personally wouldn't feel comfortable with a car that old being my only mode of transportation.
0: And, and it's great to see that not not just once, but twice have you made um, used cars last, last you a while.
1: Well, my previous used cars, again, I, I had a, a van I had for 13 years. And so I, I I used to think I got lucky. In fact, I would tell people I got lucky with this one. But I, I'm starting to believe it. It's a it's a a flawless strategy.
0: But I think really undertoned with your strategy is the the way you care for it. I mean, how often do you let it go without it undergoing its, its regular maintenance checks and stuff like that? And I think that is key to 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 really extending its life.
1: Well, I, I I'm in it for the the long haul. Whenever I buy a car, and I. I get these uh, crown rust control sprayed on it every winter and regular oil changes, tires rotated. So I do invest some money into regular maintenance to, to, to make sure I get the full maximum extended life out of these vehicles.
0: And I, actually, this would be something great to post up on our social media. But if, if you, we could post some pictures of the, your cars that you do have just to show our listeners what they look like today and that they're not these falling apart little beaters that are, are riding down the road, I think that'd be really valuable.
1: Well, right now they've got salt stains and they they're, they're, they don't look that, they're not photo worthy at the moment. So maybe when the weather picks up, I will. Definitely.
0: Welcome to Canadian Winters, everyone, as, as we've, uh, we're all hopefully getting out of, the weather seems to be warming up. So Trevor, let's go to number six, drive a better car. And better is in quotes here. I think this is a fabulous point.
1: Yeah. So this is a case where, and in the article they talk about uh, where uh, an Audi A4, which is a a high-end sporty sedan, uh, a three-year-old Audi A4, is the same price as a brand new Hyenda sedan. Well, what it's basically saying is, you could you could drive a sportier or, or more luxurious used car for the same price that you could buy an economical new car. And this this isn't something I believe in, but I, I have a friend that did this. So he bought a, a I'm going to say it was about a five-year-old or maybe a four-year-old. A Nissan 350 ZX, and I don't know if anybody's ever seen one of those, but they're two-seater sports cars. Lots of horsepower. It's, it's just a beautiful thing. And he wouldn't otherwise have bought this car had he not bought it used. And the thing with with a sports car like that is, it's nobody drives them in the winter. I mean, they just, I think it'd be a nightmare to drive something like that in the winter. They, they, they just probably wouldn't handle that well. It's just not designed for winter driving. So this thing had extremely low mileage on it obviously no rust it was never driven in the winter so for this guy he has the sports car of his dreams and he was able to do that only through a used car and the depreciation expense on these things it was i've looked at them they 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 depreciate in bucket loads in the first couple of years
0: that's a fabulous point trevor because if we do have any uh, car enthusiast listeners out there who who only sigh at the idea of trying to afford their their the car of their dreams. It, this you're right like you said this can become a reality. But for all of our listeners out there who are just looking to purchase a car because they need a vehicle, my question is why would you compare the price of a new car to the price of a used car? It just seems very counterintuitive.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that, it, it You know, you can it, it just doesn't make sense to you know, you're either in it for a used car or a new one. Like you're comparing apples and oranges. If you're looking for value in terms of a motor transportation, then you're probably going to look for a a low end used car. And if you're looking for luxury, if if that's important to you or sporty or 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 high performance, and the only way you can afford that is through a used market, then 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 that's the way to go.
0: Oh, exactly. Because usually the, not usually, but the consumers who are in the used car market usually are in that market with a specific uh, frame of mind in that they're looking for a, an, an economical priced car and, and one that's durable and reliable and will last them. So I, I think this point really just highlights the importance of if you are a car enthusiast or a vehicle enthusiast, you can purchase that car at a more economical price than if you could if it was new.
1: And I want to say to our listeners that if you're not a fan of used cars, and, and if you own two cars in your family, one of them should be used. You know, give the used car market a a try just with one of your vehicles, and just to see how it works out for you.
0: And if for any of our listeners out there who who have been toying with this idea, feel free to send us an email and and ask some questions. I mean, we have a resident used car expert over here, Trevor, who has uh, really played around on this market a ton and. Um, he, he offers a wealth of information. So if, if you do have any questions or any I, I want any, I want any questions answered or an opinion given, um, send us an email at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com and we love to provide you some answers. So before we jump into the top 10 tips for buying a used car, we hopefully we have convinced our listeners of how, um, how valuable buying a used car can be. I do want to talk about the April challenge. So if, uh, if if this is your first time tuning in, we, uh, we've started doing monthly challenges since our Frugality February challenge. And this month we're doing Take Action April, and it is all about setting goals. So it's about setting a long-term goal, a short-term goal, one that you perceive is more challenging or more simple, whatever really resonates with you in creating the action items to achieve that goal. The action items are really the emphasis for this challenge in that it's easy, to, it's easy to have a goal and set a goal, but the action items are really where the goal takes flight and, and really actualizes. So for this month, the emphasis is on creating goal, but really focus on nailing down what small attainable action items are going to allow you to achieve your goal. So to help you with that, we have placed a takeaway onto our website. It is it's just a nice little PDF one-page takeaway that you can write down your goal when you want your goal to be completed by and all, and then write down as many action items as you need to complete that goal.
1: And I can't stress the importance of of writing down your goals because it creates a level of accountability. And the action items are a reminder of how to get there. So you can have things tucked away in your mind that, that can get buried or drift to the back and you lose sight of them. But if you actually have it on your fridge or somewhere documented, it kind of creates a, a level of accountability.
0: And with the topic of it being on your fridge that way, like, uh, like we have said in the past, it keeps you accountable and, and let others, others in on what your goal is so that they can really work with you to achieve that goal. So, And we're,
1: do, and we're doing a book giveaway for this, uh, this challenge. And the book is going to be The Obstacles of the Way by Ryan Holiday. And it's a book on sort of a modern day spin on stoicism.
0: And to enter that that book giveaway and to participate in our challenge, uh, the details are up on our website at livelifesimple.ca under our 2017 monthly challenges and giveaways. And to enter the giveaway, all you need to do is send us an email with your goal. We won't won't share it anywhere. Unless unless you want us to, then we will, but we'll keep it. We just want to see what your goals are and and, uh, hopefully be a part of that journey for you to achieve your goals. So you have until the end of the month to enter that and we will, of course, post the winner on our social media sites at the beginning of May. So uh, just as we we're about to delve into the top 10 tips for buying a used car, Trevor and I checked our recording time and we're running longer than we'd hope, hope to run for this episode and we don't think we'll have a sufficient amount of time to really do this this uh, article and this topic justice. So we're, we are going to save the top 10 tips for buying a used car for next week's episode and um, and and we really hope you uh, tune in next week to uh, continue this conversation with us. So, Trevor, in conclusion, do you have any final thoughts for? Why buying a used car is so important?
1: Well, I think, it, it, like we said at the beginning of the show, mistakes made in the car buying habits can jeopardize your lifelong financial goals. It's a significant money in anybody's world. And it's just something that requires the right mindset, the right mind shift. Mistakes made here at a young age can bury you for a decade. So I think it's important to to not get into bad habits for in buying cars.
0: Very well said, Trevor. And again, the article that we focus on today, it'll be in the show notes, but it is called Six Smart Reasons Why You Should Buy a Used Car by Christian Wardlaw. It's from the New York Daily Daily News. And again, he mentioned six very incredible points that really do uh, play an important factor in purchasing a car. So that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you back here next week when we talk about the top tips for buying a used car until next week keep it simple